you are receiving this transmission, you are reclaiming the faith with Phil Baker on the Fourth Watch Radio Network. Welcome to episode 14 of Reclaiming the Faith, a podcast with a mission to reveal what the earliest Christians believed about the core issues facing us today. I'm your host, Phil Baker. Now let's dig into history. Hey everyone, thank you so much for taking time to support this podcast, for listening, and especially for your prayers. I appreciate them and need them so, so much. Thank you. Thank you for your support. Well, here in episode 14, I am so blessed to be joined by Chad Meadows to have a conversation about worship. Chad is a worship leader, a songwriter, and the creator of Falling Forward, a project that you'll be hearing a lot more about later on in the episode. And in conjunction with the issue of worship, we're going to discuss a new single that Chad has written and a video for that song called I'll Rise, which hits on powerful truths about the gospel and what a right response to the good news looks like. Well, you can check out this song, this video, and more information about Falling Forward at fallingforwardmusic.com. Dot com. That's fallingforwardmusic.com. And if you're blessed by this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave an honest review on my iTunes channel, Reclaiming the Faith. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me at my website, reclaimingthefaith.podbean.com, or email me at emailphilsbaker at gmail.com. And in 2016, I wrote a book called New wineskins, and the simple words of Christ. And you can find this book on Amazon. And if it's a blessing to you, please leave me an honest review there. Also, I'm blessed to be a part of Justin Fall's Fourth Watch Radio Network, along with BDK of Omega Frequency, who I do a monthly Q&A show with called Ready With An Answer. And in addition to our own channels, you can find each of our podcasts at the Fourth Watch Radio Network website or on the Fourth Watch Radio podcast. Finally, the early Christian quotes that I use can generally be found on the CD-ROM version of the Anti-Nicene Fathers, and you can purchase your copy for $5 on the Scroll Publishing website. And all of this intro stuff is in the show notes, so go there and check out those links. All right, let's go ahead and get episode 14 with Chad Meadows rolling. Well, Chad Meadows, it is so good to finally have you on Reclaiming the Faith. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. It's man. so good to finally be on Reclaiming the Faith. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome, man. Well, just to like let the people know a little bit about who you are, um, why don't you take a minute and tell us about when and how you felt called to serve Jesus with music. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a strange story for me because I um, grew up kind of straddling two different worlds, church music and secular music. Um, my dad is a drummer and he played music in like these rock bands, country bands, stuff like that. But then he also did music in the church. So I gave my first 
live performance at five years old. Wow. At this little Baptist church in Oak Grove, Missouri. <laughs> and uh, just a solo performance. And so I just, and then I would grow up going with my dad on Friday and Saturday nights to the country music shows, or we call them Opry shows, where I come from. Um, and so I kind of grew up around both worlds. But what I saw was um, two different ways of using music to accomplish two different goals. Uh, with the specifically with the country music scene, which is what I spent most of the time around with my dad. Uh, it was about entertaining people and about getting attention. Uh, on the other hand, being around the worship environment, I saw and experienced how music was enabling me to feel God's presence and to literally feel the power of God physically, but also um, spiritually and uh, so I think at a very early age, I mean, I can remember 11, 12, 13 years old, just sitting in worship services and singing, um, from whatever level of understanding, spiritual understanding I had at that point and experiencing God's presence in a very real way. Uh, so it was really early on for me. Uh, but I really didn't want to work in a church, hmm. um, I just felt like I just saw too much uh, creative stifling going on in the church and a lot of political stuff that turned me off to it. So I wanted to do music outside of the church, um, and it took a lot for God to kind of really turn me back towards leading worship in the local church. I, I grew, I started leading worship when I was like 19. Um, and continue to lead worship and also perform and uh, also write music in, at the same time, mostly pop country music. Um, and kind of had my foot in both worlds for a long time mm. until God really kind of closed that other door, kind of that secular door. And I think it was what he was really doing was making me aware of some sin issues in my own heart, some insecurities that I had that I was trying to fill by achieving some, some level of success or something like that. So after, you know, I hit my late twenties, uh, early thirties, God really started to kind of strip that stuff away. And I really started to focus on just communicate, using music to communicate my heart to God. And, um, so it was kind of a progression for me. Of discovery, I've always kind of grown up knowing that music is a powerful tool to connect with God, and that my relationship with Jesus can be uh, grown and developed through that. But it wasn't until I got into my 30s to where I, f I finally felt like this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Mm. Well, after leading worship for so long, you've probably developed a philosophy of how music and worship should intersect in church gatherings. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think music in itself is a tool. It's a very powerful tool. Uh, I would say it's probably one of the most powerful tools that God gave us to connect. Uh, music just has this innate ability to emotionally connect people. Even people that are purely intellectual 
and they're very distant emotionally, the right song, the right notes, the right way can touch their heart. So for me, uh, first and foremost, I see the music as as important in worship because it's such a great tool at connecting our hearts and connecting to our hearts. Uh, worship for me is really about honesty. It's about humility. And it's about the truth of who God is. I have this um, definition that I use sometimes. I think I picked it up somewhere. I don't know who. I'm probably plagiarizing. But <laughs> basically, worship is our right response to God. Mm. So, in other words, the Holy Spirit reveals the truth of who God is to us through His Word, through prayer, through creation, all these different mediums and our response to him is worship or should be worship so music just enables us to facilitate what's happened what should be happening in our hearts this attitude of thankfulness and gratitude and humility Um, and when we come together corporately there's something powerfully or exponentially powerful about that so it's not just about me lifting my heart to god it's about collectively all of us lifting our hearts together and it's like it just multiplies that sense of purpose, that sense of God's presence. And it's amazing how, if you look at the scriptures, how many times when, when multiple people were together worshiping and singing, the glory of God came. So to me, um, the corporate worship gathering is a place where we can really experience God's glory in a way that we can't on our own if that makes sense. And I think music is probably the easiest and and most powerful tool that we can use to do that. Okay. So there are two verses that often come to my mind when I'm thinking about worship and like how it begins and really how it ends, like just kind of encapsulates a right heart toward God in the new Testament. It's Romans 12 and John four in Romans 12, it talks about like in light of the great mercy of God, let's present ourselves as living sacrifices to him, holy and pleasing in his sight. That's our spiritual act of, of worship. And then in John four, when Jesus is talking with the woman at the well, he says, now time's coming and it's now come when the true worship, true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. That's the kind of worship that the father seeks, right? How do you see those two verses kind of working in conjunction with each other? Um, just in, in, in your life or in, yeah. Yeah. So, um, they actually are, in my mind, they're talking about this exact same thing. Because Jesus was talking about spirit and truth. Um, and then even Paul is talking about spiritual act of worship. And so, um, I think sometimes, especially in evangelical circles, we can get that confused with a spiritual moment or a a spiritual engagement of like, I feel something spiritual at that moment. Um, But I think when you look at scripture as a whole, it it goes beyond that. It's really about our spiritual life, our spiritual existence. So for me, worship flows out of that place. So the first thing that Jesus said uh, in John 4, 23 is, it's got to be spiritual. So we have to have some type of growth spiritually going on in our lives. The other thing is he said, truth. It's got to be honest and it's got to be based on the truth of who God is. So um, if we're singing things that we don't really mean or if we're saying things that we don't aren't at least 
wanting to experience in our lives, then we're not really honestly worshiping God. Or if we're saying things and proclaiming things that we're not living or we're not implementing, then it's not true authentic worship. Um, to me, the thing that's powerful about corporate worship, well, let me let me say it this way: the thing that's potentially powerful about corporate worship mm. is that we, if we're living lives of complete surrender towards the Lord, which is what Paul's talking about in Romans, where it's like submit yeah. yourself right uh, to the Lord, a living sacrifice. The way that Jesus modeled for us is He lived a life of complete surrender and obedience to the Spirit of God. So he said, I don't I what I only do what I see the Father doing and I only say what I see the Father saying and this whole idea of you know, there's many times where it says Jesus was led by the Spirit to this place or whatever. So he modeled for us this lifestyle of obedience and dependency upon the Spirit of God. If we're living in that place and we're growing spiritually and we're we're living out and bearing fruit in our life, spiritual fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, all these things. Then when we come together to worship, it's a culmination and a celebration of what God's doing in our lives. I think a lot of times we get uh, Sunday mornings, we look at it as our weekly shot in the arm, spiritual shot in the arm, so that we can get through another week. But that's not the life that Paul describes. That's not the life that the apostles described. It's actually the opposite of that. Our lives are meant to be um, full of the miraculous, full of... Uh, God working and moving and doing amazing things. And to me, what makes worship most powerful in a corporate sense of using music and singing to God is the realities of God working in our lives, not just a feeling that we feel or an emotion that we feel at that moment. Because if we worship with emotion solely, um, it's going to be very shallow. You know, I'm not saying we shouldn't feel emotional in worship. I think worship uh, impacts our emotions. If it's not, then we're not really being honest in worship. Right. But it's all flowing from a spiritual reality and a spiritual existence that we're living. And if we're not living that, then our worship will be very shallow. You know, mm-hmm. a lot like the children of Israel. You know, they just went from this God to that God, and you know, oh well, this God seems to be not here now so let's make one for ourselves you know hmm. that's good that's good so you've written a new worship song called I'll Rise which is a very powerful song talking about it's kind of along the Romans 12 kind of theme being a living sacrifice yeah. for God yeah um, and you have a new video coming out for that yeah yeah, you want to talk a little bit about uh, that song, what it what it's about, and some of the imagery that you use. Because the imagery in the video, I've seen the video, it's a powerful video, powerful imagery, a lot of martyrs, right, mm-hmm. that, are, that are being used, some of the early church people, too. So yeah. why don't you go ahead and talk about that? Yeah, so the song itself originated um, out of this idea that I felt like Jesus was kind of being portrayed as weak hmm. by our culture or viewed as weak. And I felt like, man, that's just inaccurate. Like Jesus, to me, embodies perfect strength. You yeah. know? Um, if, he's, if there's a man that you should want to emulate, he's the one. Mm. Um, and so I wanted the song, first of all, to have an edginess to it, to say, hey, Jesus is not weak. Yeah. 
You know, that's why the lyric in the beginning it starts out very strong, Lion of Judah, warrior king. Mm. Um, suffering savor, hell's great defeat. So there's this idea of strength. Um, but what Scripture teaches us is that when I am weak, I am strong. And mm-hmm. this whole idea that God's strength is perfected in our weakness. Yeah. There's an honesty and vulnerability that has to proceed, and a humility that has to proceed strength. And that's where this whole idea of um, using imagery of martyrs came from, because they're literally laying down their lives just like Christ. Mm. Um for a greater cause. And the amount of strength, I think about the amount of restraint that Jesus had to have in order not to destroy <laughs> the people that were yeah. murdering him. Right. For no re- without cause. Uh, the God of, like there's a song that um, 100 billion, the song that just came out, 100 billion, whatever reasons, it says, on a yeah. hill you created, they, that you, were, you died. Yeah, you yeah. You died and you died. The amount of restraint that Jesus has to know that he created these people. Yeah. And he's allowing himself to be killed by them. Hmm. Um, And I think about martyrs throughout history, the amount of courage and strength that they had to have to stare death literally in the face and to say, no, I will not relent. Hmm. I believe in something greater. So to me, that embodied the attitude that I think we should have as followers. I'm all in. Hmm. Like... There is no deterring me from following Christ. Hmm. And um, and the other imagery that's used in the song and in the, in the video is this, this idea of baptism. Mm-hmm. So out of death comes new life. Yeah. And there's this whole idea of things being made new. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in finding our strength in who Jesus is and what he accomplished, not in our own abilities and all these kind of things. Um, but this idea of, okay, I'm going to allow myself to die to me and to all my desires and everything that I think I want. And I'm going to trust that God is going to raise me up into a new creation with greater desires and a greater sense of fulfillment. And to me, that's the beauty of the gospel. That's the whole step of faith. Right. Jesus, I believe that you are who you said you are and that you did what you said you did. Yeah. And I believe that you have the power to raise me. Yeah. So I'm hoping that the song and the video will, will stir that in people's hearts, that it will challenge us to um, kind of a deeper commitment of to say, I'm all in hmm. for this. It's worth it to give my life to this thing, hmm. you know? Um and that people feel encouraged by that. There's a there's a there's a edginess and a grittiness to the video, but there's also to the song. There's also this sense of hope. Mm. The whole um, last chorus of the this kind of this outro section. Then it just says, "I'll rise, I'll rise." It just repeats that over. I won't stay down in the grave because my debt was paid, and I will rise. And so there's this feeling of upward movement mm. to it that for me. Um, talk, you know, Jesus says I, he endured the cross for the hope set before him. And so yeah. I felt like I wanted the song to have that element of hope as well. Right. That it's not just about dying. Yeah. But it's about rising again. Yeah. That's the beauty of the cross. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I saw the video, uh, the first 
quote, like Christian quote that came to my mind was this little short quote from Tertullian. That's the blood of the martyrs is seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like so memorable, right? It's, it's kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi to Darth Vader, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you can kill me, but you're only going to make me stronger. Kind yeah. of thing. You have no one un, you have no idea what power is about to be unleashed yeah. if you strike me down, you know? And, uh, so Tertullian really got it. Like the more you mow us down, the more we grow in number. Yeah. And so that's like the hope, not only that we're going to rise to, to new life, which we will, but like you're causing Christianity to, to flourish. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, um, and, and the baptism thing, you know, it made, made me think too of, of John 12, this little mini parable that Jesus tells. He says, like, if, if a grain of seed falls to the ground and remains alone, it just stays a single seed, yeah. you know, but if it dies, basically if it goes underground, yeah, it produces much fruit. Yeah. If anyone wants to serve me, it must follow me and where I am there, my servant will be. Yeah. You know, if you want to rise with me, you got to die with me. But if yeah. you die with me, whew, yeah, you know. And the other part of the video that I, I didn't mention before, too, that goes along with that is we went through a progression, starting with Christ, yeah, and then a Peter, and then um, Polycarp, and then all of these. We show imagery of the church throughout the centuries, all yeah, like Bonhoeffer, and yeah, and even to modern day China and right. Iraq, yeah, um, and Iran. And so what I wanted to do was to give people um, this understanding that we are part of a long legacy. Right. That we are, we are part of literally billions of people hmm. that have given their lives to and for this belief yeah. and this reality and this truth. And it's not um, – I don't know. I think the world a lot of times looks at religion as that's what you need to make yourself feel better. Or, or deal with life, you know. Um, but in Jesus, it goes beyond that. Sure. Beyond whatever other religion offers, which is some level of security and comfort in this life. Yeah. Which is a facade, but yeah. that's a whole nother discussion. <laughs> right. Um, but this is real. Yeah. What these people gave their life for is true. Mm. And... Um, I'm a part of that mm. and you're a part of that. Like yeah. we are a part of that legacy mm. and um, that makes me feel very humbled and, and really kind of um, inspired. Yeah. You know? And it's like it, it, that act that we remember them for is really just an overflow of the thousands of little acts of worship throughout their life. Yeah. You know, this daily, hourly laying down my life before God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And so, like, these, if we're really practicing true worship, like we're talking about in Romans 12 and John 4, and not just going for God to bless us, but how can I bless God? How can I lay my life down for you right now and surrender to you? If I'm approaching worship that way every day, I'll be ready for that moment. Right. You know? Yeah. All right. So, we've been talking a whole lot about this great song, I'll Rise. Let's take. 30 seconds and let's give them a little bit of a preview so this is uh chad meadows of falling forward with his new song i'll rise faith is my fortress grace is my song love and forgiveness is keeping me victorious is your spirit 
right. So that was a powerful song. People are going to really be blessed when they get to hear that and see the video. And that's going to be available on iTunes, right? Yeah, it's on iTunes, uh, Spotify. You can go to the website and download it, fallingforwardmusic.com. Um, and there it'll be free on all of those sites, actually. Okay, so Falling Forward, tell us a little bit about this ministry. Yeah, um, I guess it's a ministry. I, to me, I see life as ministry, so um, it's not set up as a nonprofit or anything like that, but um, it evolved basically out of the song which is kind of weird. Um, and I have to back up a little bit and kind of talk about the song, beginnings of the song. I didn't know what to do with the song after I wrote it. And last year during Easter, we were talking as a creative team about what songs to do for Easter. And I said, well, I have this song that might fit with what we're talking about. What do you guys think? And I played it for them. They said, yeah, let's try it. Played for the church and people just loved it. So I thought, well, okay, well, let me release a recording of this to give to the church. And as I released, went to, to finish recording it and re- release that, um, I thought, well, you know, it'd be cool is to do a lyric video. And so I started talking uh, with my wife about doing this lyric video and just kind of nothing flashy or anything. Um, and then somehow it came involved into doing an entire music video. And somebody came forward and said, hey, I want to fund your music video. And, and all of a sudden, here I am. 10 months later and I've got this amazing music video and what ended up happening was this vision that God had kind of put in my heart years ago started to really come to the surface and basically what I experienced because I I used to work in the music industry when I was in Nashville um, in both the Christian and the secular environment and obviously I've spent the last nine years working full-time in the church And so I had those two different experiences. And what I found was I didn't feel completely like I fit in either one for different reasons. I didn't fit in the secular environment because of the values that it promoted. In order for me to be successful in the music industry, I felt like I had to promote promote myself. And there was this whole idea of ego that was driving things. Whether I wanted it to or not, I felt like I had to do that to succeed in that model, in the music business model. In the church, I had the freedom to spiritually be myself. I didn't have to try to be cool or whatever. Yeah. But there was a real resistance to creative freedom and expression. Yeah. And then I really hated this idea that worship music has become a commodity. Hmm. Because throughout history, worship has never been a product. Hmm. It's always been a community experience. The only time it became a product is after we were recording it. If you look at the early 20th century, around 19, well, 1920s is when we really started to get mass production of records. Mm -hmm. And after that, music became a product that you could purchase, Mm. take it with you anywhere you wanted. Yeah. And you could consume it. Yeah. Whereas before, music was a shared community experience. So for me, what I wanted to do was take worship back to music, worship music back to a shared community experience and not make it a product. So what I want to do is give everything away for free. Um, but then the question of money comes up. Well, how do you, how do you, it doesn't, you can't make videos and record songs for free. Yeah, yeah. You know, it costs money to, for people to do these things. So I came up with this idea uh, of a community approach. Yeah. Um, and basically giving people an opportunity to join Falling Forward. 
and I've, I've got three ways that you can do that. You can be a, pro, a promoter, a producer, or a player. Uh, promoters just share. So there's links on the website where you can um, just post on social media, text, email, whatever, tell your friends, wear the T-shirt, get the bumper sticker, whatever. If you believe in it, you love it, promote it. Yeah. You know, we do that naturally anyways, word of mouth. Kind sure. Of thing. Uh, so you can be a promoter. The other thing is you can be a producer. So if you really believe in it and you want to see more more projects, which I've, I've got a lot of, of stuff kind of brewing, um, you can support it financially. Just give PayPal or whatever uh, we have on the website. There's a link you can click to do that. The third thing is you can be a player. So if you're a musician or a singer, uh, all you need to do is submit a video clip of yourself playing or singing or doing your thing. Just a very short kind of one minute thing. And then if we uh, will file that away, and if we have a project that comes up that we feel like you're a fit for, we'll actually pay you to play on that particular project. Um, and so it really becomes more of a collaborative community experience than me trying to be a worship rock star and put out my name. Uh, falling Forward to me is all about the community expression and experience, drawing us closer to each other and closer to God, which is what I think music is for. And the name Falling Forward... Um, actually comes from a song that I wrote 10 years ago. But the idea and the concept is this this reality that as followers of Christ, that's exactly what we're doing, you know. And uh, we fall, we stumble and fall in many ways, but we're moving towards the goal. Hmm. Uh, the picture, the imagery that we use is a falcon, kind of a downward um, flying falcon. And the concept and the idea is when a bird learns to fly, it falls out of the nest before it spreads its wings. Yeah. Um, so there's this leap of faith that you have to take before you fly. So falling forward kind of um, hints towards that, I guess. Mm. That's awesome. Chad, thank you so much for taking time to be on this podcast. Dude. Yeah, man. This fun. is a blessing to me, man. Yeah. Hopefully we'll it. get to do it again in a, in a few months. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. Well, uh, brother, will you pray for us? Mm-hmm. All right. I will. Father, we do thank you for the gift of music and uh, the ability that it has to connect us to you and to each other. We thank you even more than that for your love and your grace uh, that you continue to give us. Uh, we're grateful that we have the Holy Spirit uh, that teaches us, that shows us, that fills us with your presence. And I just ask for everyone that's listening that you would bless them. Uh, that your spirit would speak to their hearts, that you would show yourself to them in a new way, that they would see your hand working and moving in their lives in a very real and powerful way, and that you would take them into a new place of intimacy and relationship with you, and that as they do their best to open up their hearts to you in worship, that you would draw them closer to you, and that they would experience the truth of your love and your mercy, and it would transform not only their lives, but the lives of the people around them. Again, we're just so thankful for all that you've done, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Out of the depths, I am crying to you, Lord. Everything I am before your eyes, by your grace, Savior, listen to my voice. By your kindness, your loving kindness. 
If you, Lord, should mark iniquities None could stand, every knee would bow With you, Lord, is forgiveness, there is peace I stand in awe now, I stand in awe now And my soul waits for you, Lord, and hope now for you more than watchmen for the day more than any other thing yes my soul waits for you lord and hope now for you more than watchmen for the day you're the only one who saves so i wait Yes, the Lord will redeem me from the pit He'll take my scarlet stain and make it clean Yes, my faith in His love forever lives And His redemption, His redemption And my soul waits for you, Lord, and hope now for you more than watchmen for the day more than any other thing yes my soul waits for you lord and hope now for you more than watchmen for the day more than watchmen for the day yes my soul waits for you lord and hope now for you more than watchmen for the day more than any other thing my soul waits for you, Lord, and hope Now for you more than watchmen for the day You're the only one who saves, so I wait Yes, I wait